Hey guys, I'm Garrett. And I'm Melissa. We've been married for over 10 years and have two kids, Caleb and Sadie. Over the last few years, we have fallen in love with the scriptures, how through them God has made himself known to us and his ultimate desire to dwell among us. We want to invite you to join us on this journey as God reveals himself to us through his word. We also want to be real about our lives, our struggles, and our joys. This is Growing Deeper. So life has been super chaotic lately um, in the most beautiful ways, though. Um, we've just been, by chaotic, I really mean just like busy and like constantly things happening and things yeah. needing to get done. And it's just, we're, we're finally getting into the years with Caleb where, I mean, <laughs> this may be premature, but I think I might be a baseball mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're like half a season in on his, his first time doing rec league baseball. Yeah. And, um, you know, between that and and we've been to Disney, I think yeah. since Disney since World. before the last since the last episode. Yeah, these are just some things that have been going on. Of course, we've got the puppy, which we've mentioned, and she's uh some good, some bad. Yeah, uh, we love her to pieces. Like she is like our family. All like she already. she requires a lot of training, but now. she does. Yeah, she's, she's gonna we've got a lot of training. we've got some work to do. Yeah. Um. And it's just, it's been a lot. Uh, to give you an example of how I thought last weekend was going to be just a like pretty, f- it was a it was a super fun weekend. Yeah. But I thought it was going to be a little more chill. Yeah. So Caleb's uh, rec team, they're... Um, not very good. They're not, well, they just have <laughs> a lot of players that no, have not... Yeah. We have Pretty a lot much. of young players in, that, that including ha- our including that, our son. Yeah. Including yeah. Caleb. He has never this is his first ex, this is his first exposure Absolutely. to base, yeah. baseball. We we had, up to this point on the weekend we had won one game. Yes. Right? Yes. So yeah, like, one we, game all season. That, out of yeah, yeah, I think we were like one and seven or eight, you know, like so several games, only one win, but you could see the improvement. Yeah. Um, but still, it was just kind of like, yeah, all these teams have boys on them that are just a step ahead of where we are. Right. So last weekend, we had a, a tournament. And um, this tournament was, we we played Friday night, and then um, Saturday was going to be single elimination. But it, regardless of the outcome Friday, we were going to be playing at least one game Saturday. So, you know, I was thinking, okay, that game Saturday, we're probably going to lose Friday we've, night. We've only won one game We've only so won far. one game. So. And we're probably going to lose Friday night, which we did. We yeah. lost the Friday night. And so, looking at the, the bracketing, that meant we were going to play at 10 a.m. on Saturday. And I was like, okay, so we'll have a game at 10 a.m. And then we'll have the rest of our day because, I mean, just the odds just didn't yeah. seem to be in our, fa- I mean, base, you know, uh, what's his, what's the expression like? Past performance <laughs> indicates future, you know, I can't I th- think I think of it's actually an inverse of that, of like previous things don't predict, don't truly predict the future. Yeah. But. Well, but anyway, <laughs> regardless. Uh, <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm thinking we're going to have a just Saturday afternoon to do whatever. And then we had a birthday party to go to that evening. So I was just like, yeah, this is going to be a fun, chill day. A little bit of baseball take a nap in the afternoon, go to the, you go to the party. Well, if those boys didn't go out there and win two straight <laughs> and end up in the championship game of their bracket, yeah, 
it, they lost in the championship game, which that was kind of sad to me just because that was the first one that I was really rooting. Like, yeah, I was really, so, really rooting for them. So for me, um, I've done my best to kind of like stay step back a little bit because, because I am so emotional and into, th- yeah, get into things pretty hardcore. Um, and also I just wanted Caleb to learn from the coaches that yeah. they have and let them do what they do, you know, and what they wanted to do, what they volunteered to do and let them, um, you know, I was trying to step back from it. Anyways, there, there was a need for me to kind of feel a little bit of, you know, just a coach first, you know, for six year olds. So yeah. it's not that big. It's not like some massive, you know, great thing I'm doing here. So, some crazy, role but I got it. I really got into it. <clears throat> And, you know, so like they start winning and like, I'm really, you know, we're really proud of them. Yeah. You know, they've, uh, like I said, they hadn't been playing very well and, you know, to see them have success, you just wanted them to fe- finally feel what it was to have success yeah. um, and, and to win ball games and things like that. And so uh, when we got into the third game, um, I was really into it and I got, I got in a little bit of trouble with the umpire. <laughs> Yeah, at a five and six year old rec game, I was almost there with my two kids by myself because Garrett was going to go to the penalty box that was our vehicle. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't say anything bad or anything like that, but I get into it and uh, unfortunately I allow myself to get uh, a little bit too much into it. See, the uh, thing that there's this thing about Garrett is he has he has a uh, a tone, if you will, that. Those who don't know him as well perceive as, wow, this guy is like furiously angry. He's about to like, you know. We're about to throw throw hands. This is, yeah, yeah. this is about to get really heated. And yeah. and for me, I know at certain levels, I'm like, I can just tell, like, if you're just, yeah, he's just a little frustrated. <laughs> it's like. But my little frustrated just, sounds like other people's really, really angry. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I did, that's not one of my better qualities. Uh, and you know, being passionate about things and getting into things is fine. That's what makes him fun at a Tennessee football game. That's right. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, you know, recreationally playing with, you know, like I, whenever I did youth group stuff, like I loved playing games and stuff, like playing volleyball because I, I would, I would get into it. I get, you know, amped up type thing. And I thought, you know, it brings a lot to like the actual like game. To be competitive, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's not like I actually have any hard feelings or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it's not like it's like a lose sleep over it no, situation no. kind of thing. Afterwards. Well, I, but I do lose, I do lose sleep if I feel like I get in trouble. Yeah. And, yeah. and so like, I felt like I got in trouble. And so I was like, I, I, I hope I didn't embarrass my family. You know, I hope I didn't, I hope I didn't embarrass the coaches that, you know, that let me, you know, that like had me help them out a little bit, you know, just like, I'm just filling a gap here guys, you know, but like that, uh, (laughs) I hope I didn't embarrass them or make them feel like then all the things are running through my head of like, Oh, now they they think I'm crazy, you know, or they, uh, they, well, then comes in the, uh, the part of Garrett that overanalyzes every, like retracing every well, you know, Action. they didn't really talk to me that much after I did that. <laughs> and so maybe, maybe I really did do something I shouldn't have. So like, anyways, yeah. I start going through like, what did I do wrong? You know? And then I try to like atone for that. And I'm yeah. like, you know, should I text people and apologize to them or something? And it's like, yeah. all I did was like yell about a foul ball. And, <laughs> you know, like, 
And so I, I have like, I, I'm very sensitive to feeling like I've done something wrong, which actually has gone over into Caleb. Caleb is, yeah. Caleb is super sensitive to feeling like he's done something wrong. Um, but he's also, because of that, he's also very coachable. And yeah. so like, and that was, that was always the way that I was, is that I'm pretty coachable because I'm very sensitive to like, okay, how do I do this right? Mm-hmm. And, and so where there's negative aspects to it, there's positive aspects to it as well. And that it's like, Hey, you know, I learn and I soak in, um, at the same time, it's not good that I lose sleep over things. like that. Yeah. <laughs> It's not healthy. <laughs> That's not a healthy part of it. So anyways, I, you know, I'm not perfect. It is uh, what it is. Newsflash. Uh, but you know, with, with all this stuff, like that day was <clears throat> really so fun. It was super chaotic, but it was a lot of fun. Um, just being, you know, we had to run back and forth. Like I had to run home and let Maggie out and, you know. Yeah, but like, I mean. But it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but with, with all this chaos, well, I call it chaos introduced, but all these things introduced where we have more thing, more, our time has, is pulled in new directions mm-hmm. that it hasn't previously. Um, it's left me feeling, um. I don't even know. I don't know that I have the right word, but um, like I'm not doing enough or I'm not. Um, I don't know, like I'm unable to fulfill the things that I was fulfilling before hmm. in terms of maintaining like, the house. I want the way right. I want it to the way I interact with the kids. Right. Um, just like. I don't know, other things that naturally kind of take a back seat. When it's like, you kind of say to yourself, like, how is the house so messy if we've been gone so much? (laughs) (laughs) But somehow the the disaster at the house finds a way. Well, I think it's just that, you know, like whenever we leave, we're not cleaning up. You know, like it's not a, you know, since we're not here, it kind of stays in the state that whenever we left, which is like always like disaster right before you leave the house. (laughs) Right before you leave the house, everything is just chaotic and kids are throwing things everywhere and you're just trying to get them in the car. Yeah. Or if you've had to like eat really fast before you're going somewhere, yeah. then you've got like plates out. And But yeah, so those I things, just, those things take a back seat. Whenever yeah. you're doing, whenever you're, you're, you're doing baseball all day long and you know, which is, which is just tons of fun. But yeah. Um, so, yeah. so I guess my thought process on all this, I kind of had a, a moment the other day I was picking Sadie up from preschool and I was just thinking about all the things that I hadn't done, you mm-hmm. know, like all the ways that I felt like I was failing this week. And, um, she gets in the car and they have their mother's day gift that they had made at preschool. And, um, it was her handprints on like this wooden, it's really pretty like wooden, like frame looking thing. And it says something along the lines of like, no matter how big these hands get, I'll always be your little girl. Mm -hmm. And of course I'm like sitting in the car, pickup line crying. Um, but it, it caused me to be still in that moment and recognize how beautiful these moments with our, like we had the best time in Disney world. Like yeah. it could not have gone any, I, I don't like, I'm trying to think in my mind how we will top that trip. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's hard. Well, and, and actually but, for me, it was something that I wasn't constantly one, like thinking about when it was going to end. 
Right. Because that's usually how vacations go like, for me. Oh, no, it's like, oh, no, we only have... Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, in a week, I'm gonna, it'll be over, you yeah. know? And, and so, like, but I didn't... I, not once did I think about we that. We were, like, you know? so in the moment, so, yeah. like, engaged with the kids. Yeah. And, um, like, I don't know. I just have a lot of good... Mem- like, so it's... And, and with Caleb's baseball, too, it's like, I've been so engaged in those games. It's been yeah. so fun to watch. And then, like... You know, having different grandparents there with us has just, it's just been good. Yeah. And so it's weird to feel like a failure in those moments when there's been also so much good. Yeah. And so I guess my desire for all of us is just to kind of be a little bit more still in these moments and and recognize that like, yeah, our time is like, we're pulled in so many different directions Mm -hmm. and it is going to be impossible to to um, meet everything that we might have wanted to in our heads, right. <laughs> um, but that that's okay. That yeah. there's still there's still beauty. Let's not dwell on those things. Let's be still and focus on the people that we're with. Awesome. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what <laughs> Garrett had no words, idea words where of I was wisdom. going. Words of wisdom from Melissa. So yeah, so just uh, something to think about. I mean, yeah. I'm sure I'll give myself a hard time like tonight. <laughs> Probably, yeah. But for right now, I'm just trying to focus on being a little bit more still, a little bit more present. Yeah. So. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> we'll transition into our Matthew study, which we haven't done in a little while. Um, but you know, as always, and this is one thing that anybody, if you, if whoever actually listens to this, I hope that what you've what you've picked up, uh, you're starting to maybe develop a habit or, um. Uh, you know, like a memorization basically of like whenever we approach the Bible, uh, any part of the Bible, what should we do? We should always know where we are in, you know, in the section that we're reading. And so I want to really drive that habit home. And so, and so that's why I do that every time uh, we, we sit down and read the scriptures is that to, be, to better understand what you're going to read, know what's around it, know where you are in the story. And so just a reminder of where we are. Uh, and we're going to be doing the first part of Matthew chapter seven today. Um, but we're in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount or, uh, the, as RT France would call it, the discourse on discipleship. God, or, uh, Jesus has ascended the mountain, uh, much like Moses ascended the mountain. Um, and he, instead of receiving, um, you know, the, the law from God and then giving it to the people, it's, it's just straight up coming from him. So he's, he's. Uh, he's kind of in this place of Moses at Sinai where he's, you know, he's giving out, this is what it, this is what it means to be in the kingdom. Uh, this is what it looks like to be my disciple. Um, and, and so he, that's kind of in the setting of what we're doing here. So this is, it's been long, you know, we, it's over, you know, it's about three, it's three chapters long of what we would consider the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and so, uh, anyways, so we're kind of going through that and just reminders of like, He's, he's kind of laying out, this is what it looks like to be a disciple. This is what it looks like to follow me. Um, and also showing, you know, and we'll see hints of this as we go through this, of like, hey, I'm not here to abolish the law and come up with something new. I'm getting to the very heart of it. I, I'm, I'm showing you what God's heart always was uh, and what, what was always part of it um, and, and where we were supposed to go. Um, so that's kind of where we are um, as we pick up uh, in chapter 7, uh, verse 1. So you want to read this first section? Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. 
Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet, and then turn and tear you to pieces. Okay, so... Um, this is a, this is a pretty um, important or really a very well known mm-hmm. section of the Sermon on the Mount. Something that's used all the time, especially especially if like you have yeah. anything that, that's like a correction of someone else or saying like, "Hey, you shouldn't do that" type of thing. I, I feel like one of the tendencies to be like, "Hey, you know, Jesus said don't judge, so yeah. don't judge me. You know, don't judge me. You know, you got you got no room to judge me." Because Jesus said, "Don't judge." I wish y'all and could so, see Garrett's hand motions, yeah, facial well, expressions. Well, but, I, I mean, but yeah, I, I just know, like, I, I, I can hear that argument all the time of like, hey, you know, anytime you approach somebody uh, with that, especially you know, outside outside the Christian community, this is like one of the one things that they know, you know, um, that it's like, hey, didn't Jesus say not to judge? Why are you judging me? Um, and so I, I guess the question, you know, maybe one of the first questions is, is like, well, is that what Jesus meant here? And yeah. luckily, whenever we when we read through this, so he, he kind of gives the teaching, right, of like the little the little pithy saying of like, hey, don't judge, you know, for for by what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and by what measure you measure out, uh, you will be me- it will be measured out to you. So he gives a little saying, and. And what he does is he follows it up with a story to say what he to kind of explain what he means by this and to expound on that. It's very similar to the anger stuff, you know. So like whenever you go back and he's like, "Hey, I'm not here to abolish the law," and then he goes through, he's like, "Hey, you've heard it said don't murder. I say to you, don't be angry." And then he gives him two stories of like if you're at the altar, then go, you know, and you realize that you have a problem with your brother, then go seek him out and seek reconciliation. Let that let anger. Let the the anger of this wrong this wrong that you feel um, not result in some in hurting somebody else or you know uh, to fester. Uh, instead, allow it to uh, cause you to seek reconciliation, to recognize that something isn't set right, and go set it right. And so he gives two stories in that in that instance to say, here's what I mean by that. And just the same, he does that here. So he he kind of gives the pithy statement, and then he gives the he gives the. Uh, um, he gives the the story that follows it that helps you better understand um, what he means. Um, and so, so I guess maybe we'll go into like what what do you think he means by this judgment stuff? You have like you know for by what what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and by what measure you measure out, it will be measured out to you. So, what were your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think we read this as just like. Anytime you say anything about like anytime, yeah, like what you're saying about like a criticism Mm -hmm. that we're just like, well, that's judging. You're judging me. Stop judging me. Like you can't, you can't say that. That's judgment. That's judging me. Um, And and to me, where I kind of started with this is I was, I was kind of like, I don't know that that is what this word means here, Mm -hmm. especially when I consider the beatitudes. Right. Um. It with one of them. Uh. You know the seeking righteousness. Seeking righteousness. Yeah. And um. Because when I and and we kind of talked about this a little bit with with the beatitudes of like that tension with seeking righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um. And and staying humble and and not 
Pe- yeah. Not having that. See, feeling. being a peacemaker. Yeah. Being humble. Yeah. And seeking righteousness. Yeah. All of these three things, you know, th- those are three aspects that to hold intention at the same time uh, right. is difficult. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, seeking seeking righteousness to like as we kind of talked about is, you know, I don't know, bringing people to know God. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of kind of wanting <laughs> Yeah. Wanting things to be done right in the way in God's eyes. Yeah. Wanting ourselves, you know, uh seeking that in ourselves to to do better, to do things um based on God's wisdom and not our own wisdom and and trying to encourage others to do the same. Right. Um and so to me then taking that and looking at this of um not judging um I don't know. I almost have to go. I almost have to go a step forward into this story um, that well, he does. Well, but. so I mean, one thing that you and I talked about was that this is an idea of condemnation. Yeah. Of that, look. Yeah. I mean, don't like. This isn't about. Uh, so like, you can't condemn somebody and be like, look, you're going. You know, you're going to hell or whatever. I mean, the, the idea is that. Um, you know, I, I, and I think I think that's the type of judgment that it's giving here. That as if we're sitting in the seat, mm-hmm. you know, we're not sitting in the seat, but we can tell you, we can tell you what the judge says. You know, like we can yeah. tell you, you know, the one that does judge all things, that is the one that defines righteousness. This is what this is what he says, um, and at the same time, it, and, and again, doing it through the lens of the beatitudes, and I think it's foundational. The beatitudes is foundational to us understanding any of this stuff. Is that um, it, he's he's encouraging them to uh, to seek righteousness, uh, but to do it humbly, um, and uh, and to seek reconciliation between yeah. other people and God, other people and yourself, yeah. and that type of thing. So yeah, so I think there's an idea of condemnation here, though that's not our place yeah. uh, to do. Um, and so you think that you can condemn somebody? Well, I mean, you're going to be condemned. You know? So I think. That, that's kind of one of the, it's a heightened level. Judgment is not pointing out a wrongdoing. Uh, judgment is sitting in the seat to execute justice on that wrongdoing, um, which is not our position, not where we need to be. And so go ahead. So then how do you work that out through the story? What does the story do with it? So with this, with this story, you know, he, he's talking about like, you know, you're not paying any attention to the plank in your own eye and you're trying to remove this speck of dust in somebody else's eye. Uh, the thing that stood out to me the most is, is people often stop at, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? And that's kind of where we go. Yeah. That's, that's the end. There's the lesson, you yeah. know? But you hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Right. And so this isn't about just saying, hey, your speck, totally cool. Just leave it there. I'm going to be quiet about it. You you know, you do you. I'm so happy for you. Right. That's not like there is a call here to address that as well. Right. And, um... To me, it just, this whole section, I think as Christians, we need to be more accepting and we need to have, honestly, better relationships with our church family, with our, with fellow Christians to be able to recognize 
that people aren't just always coming at you. Yeah. That they are actually, they are trying, that hopefully our hearts, where our hearts are, are that we are trying and others are trying for our sakes to get us closer, strengthen our relationship with God, have that peacemaker Mm -hmm. aspect that you're talking about. And that requires a little bit of tension between us. But like we need to be able to trust each other to know that like you, like I trust Garrett has my best interest at like my best interest in terms of my relationship with God too at heart. Yeah. That he's just not out for himself to like, I don't like the way you do this because it affects me in this way. It's Mm -hmm. like that it's part of the reason we do this podcast is we've kind of keep pushing each other to be better (laughs) and, um, kind of pushing each other into to studying scripture deeper, especially Garrett for me. Like he really holds me accountable and makes me think, and I can't just go, Oh, you're judging me because I'm not, I have a harder time reading scripture than you. Like it's so easy for Garrett to study all these books and read all these commentaries. It's super hard for me to do any of that. And so for him to push me, I can sit here and be angry and say, you're judging me. Stop that, Mm -hmm. which is not even what he's doing or accept the fact that he is trying to not only build our relationship, but both of our relationships with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I think, um, well, it's about an attitude of which, so like the, the idea of judgment or condemnation has an attitude that lacks humility. Yeah. And so, uh, with this, he's calling, he's calling the disciple, uh, yeah, again, not to ignore it, not to ignore the speck, to address the speck, but first to address it with humility. And, and that means a self-reflection to say, look, I, I don't like I need, I need to first look into myself and say, where where are all the things that, you know, that I've done or that, that I'm not right, you know, that, mm-hmm. that need to be addressed and approach it with humility and then, um, and, and it's not, and I don't even think that it's devoid of saying like, okay, we can address this together, mm-hmm. you know, saying, well, let's work together to address both what, what's in my eye, what's in your eye. Let's work together on this thing. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think, I think it's probably a little bit too taking it too directly to just say like, oh, well I got to get everything right in my life before I help somebody else. Right. But you do have to reflect in humility and say, look, I don't have everything right, but I do want to help you and I want you to help me. And so it's a, it's, it's, it's encouraging the community to work together um, to, for the betterment of each other, as opposed to just saying, yeah, let's just all go our separate ways and pretend nothing, nothing, we never did anything. And then none of us get better. None of, none of us are moving towards God in any way. We're just separating from each other. And I, and I think that's largely like, that is the problem that, well, unfortunately this whole judge and don't, you know, like, don't judge me has been used to separate Christians from each other or, you know, or, uh, non-Christians from Christians and stuff like that. Whenever I think really the call here is for us to be together. So it's, it's, it's a darn shame that something that's meant to actually be unifying through humility is actually separating us 
because we're not we're not paying attention to the rest of the text. Mm-hmm. We're we're misusing it, much like much like Satan does in the in the wilderness that he yeah. misuses the text to do so, to do something with it that was never meant to happen with it. And so um, that that is a that's a you know a strategy of the enemy you know to yeah. to be able to do that. Well, I and mean, because so, this is basically the way that this scripture is used is is to silence. Right. Um, and so it's like it is so interesting because if you think. Like step back from the step back from scripture and just think about marriage, mm-hmm. not even whatever, you know, just ignoring the Bible, just thinking about even our dating relationship, a friendship in general, we would say that like, it's healthy to be able to like, be honest in your communication with each other. Yeah. Like that it's super unhealthy if you have to constantly walk around on eggshells around that person. Yeah. And so for some reason though, you translate it to like this scripture and you're like, Oh, you better not say anything to anybody ever. And I agree. Like there is a time and a place. Like this is not just like, I'm not saying to just call out a stranger or, you know, like, and and I, well, and I, I think for me, I've had to work through what this looks like. Yeah. Personally, because of like, I've been like, hey, I want to make sure that I'm addressing problems, yeah, you know, and I don't want to shy away from it and I'll go right after it. Well, the problem is I don't, I go right after it, but I don't do it with humility yeah, and a self-reflection. Like, and that's something that I have to keep in mind throughout, throughout the whole thing. You know, like anytime, <laughs> anytime I'm trying to address something, I have to like continually be like, Garrett, you don't have it all figured out. And you, you know, I like can, here are places that. You know, that you easily could have done the same thing or maybe you have done the same thing. And, but I have to do it throughout the whole ordeal because otherwise I just, I, I put myself on a higher pedestal than somebody else. And the call is again, through to, to seek righteousness through humility. And I, and I think that that, you know, and, and peacemaking, all of those things working together. And this is, this is kind of showing that, Mm -hmm. you know, this is, this is an example of that, of that happening. And so uh, and, and I mean, it, it's emphasizing, look, this is, uh, look at the language that it uses. Like why you go to your brother, right? In yeah. your brother's eye. So this is somebody like in familial relationship right. with you and he, and Someone he's close to you. Yeah. And, and they're trying to, um, he, he, I, I think again, I'm thinking partially to who I think Matthew is writing to, um, not not just the Jews, and I think that 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 tends to get highlighted a lot of like this is very it's a very Jewish book, um, and it is. Uh, but in the in his time period, there's a lot of division among the church, you know, of of saying like, hey, um, Jew and Gentile, how do we both react to this? What what? And, and he's calling them to reconciliation and to say like, look, let's be humble before each other and help each other. I mean. Uh, iron sharpening iron type of thing, you know, like let's work together for this. Let's not just pretend that you got it, that I got it all figured out and you're the one with all the problems. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, we actually do are sanctified by it uh, through the spirit. And so, um, yeah. So I I think that's ultimately kind of what this is getting at is like, anytime you're going to do something like that, always reflect on what is it, you know, who am I? You know, remember who you are before God um, and don't shy away from it but always approach it with humility. And, and so um, when we do that, we have much better chance of things going right. Now, there again, as in the Beatitudes, those who seek righteousness, we should expect 
persecution at some level. Yeah. Um, and so it doesn't mean that everything's going to go right with it. Yeah. Um, but it, your heart will be pure with it. Yeah. Um, it, bless bless your pure heart. heart. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, like, man, I hope we can see where all of these, all the Beatitudes yeah. are converging on each other uh, just in this, just in this little bit by Jesus. They're very well known, you know, and man, I wish people knew a little bit more of it. Yeah. Um, and, and could understand it uh, in, a, in its whole. So, um, yeah. Uh, so there's this really weird thing. You got anything else to say on one through five? No, we've okay. got to we got to address this verse six though. <laughs> yeah, there's a really weird section here in verse six uh, that seems to be separated. Like nobody really knows where to place it. Um, but maybe I, I do think that maybe it's as a reaction to that Matthew's kind of put it in here to keep the like that whole separation thing of like the just the don't judge type thing. Um, anybody's maybe help with that. Uh, so he says, do not give what is holy to dogs, which by the way, uh, in this time period, uh, I mean, dogs are unclean animals. They're not the, you know, they're not something. No, people don't have dogs as pets on the reg here. Um, cover yeah, your ears, Maggie. Yeah. So, so we gotta, we gotta imagine a whole, a whole different culture than our own where dogs are nasty. Dogs are scavengers. Um, they're something gross you know they i mean they're yeah they're just not good animals at this time they're not i know i, know, I love the chosen um i find it highly suspect though that matthew would have a dog yeah uh, and the chosen matthew yeah. has a dog <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so kind of weird so um but i i find that highly suspect but i understand the need for having kind of a little emotional plug there but yeah don't i don't see that being the case um just because not just in Jewish culture, but in all the cultures of the time, dogs are just not, they're, they're seen poorly. Same thing for pigs, right? So you've got holy to dogs and pearls to pigs. Pearls, you know, this is the very rich language here. Um, lest they trample them with their feet and then they turn around and they tear you to pieces. So what? it's a really weird, weird section here. Do you, you have any thoughts on it? I mean... You know, in general, if I'm just reading this, it's like, oh, this makes sense. You know, like, don't just throw away the best of what you have to, like, things that are, you know, something that's going to abuse it. Yeah. Or not appreciate or it. Or not appreciate it. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so then, but then how do we, how do we take Jesus' teaching and, like, what is, what is he even teaching about? Like, surely yeah, he's not actually saying to this group of people that are at his, you know, group of poor people that are yeah. there listening to him talk about uh, what's holy and pearls, you know, and thinking that they're like, that they're throwing pearls to pigs all the time. Right. You know? And well, and you know, the way I'm reading scripture now, I'm like, but who are the dogs really yeah. in this situation? Yeah. And sure. who are the pigs? Like, who, sure. what is that? Like, yeah. Who is that really referencing now? You well, know? I can tell I do. I, I do think, um, I mean, often the dogs is talked about as for, like foreigners or those mm. that are, um, like, uh, so for instance, in Psalm 22, um, the psalmist, the, the anointed one of God, uh, is crying out to him and saying, save me from the power of the dog, uh, which if he's not talking about, he's not just being ravaged by dogs. He's being ravaged by other nations, uh, that are coming to destroy him, you know, and he's crying out for salvation. And so the dog is usually used to talk about other other nations, and it will be used later in in Matthew, uh, whenever 
there's a Canaanite woman that's after that's going after Jesus, and he said, and we'll go over it at the time. So don't think, don't see this too much as harsh. But uh, he he just kind of repeats a way that people talk about Canaanites at the time of like he says, why should you know you know, why why should I throw you know the you know why should we give the food that's for the children to the dog, basically, mm-hmm. which is a common way of talking about people that aren't Israelites. So, anyways, that's one way, to, and then pigs would represent the non non Israelites as well. Um, so, but I, I don't I don't necessarily think that's what that means here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he he's in general just saying like it, this should be obvious that we don't give what's holy to animals that won't appreciate it, you know, and and pearls. Why would a pig wouldn't appreciate a pearl, you know? So why would you do that? And so just the same, I think that. Um, in this case, he's talking about, look, you know, and this is what most commentators say about it. I haven't really seen much that hasn't gone this way of that. Look, if, if somebody's not willing to, to hear the gospel, seems, uh, seems, uh, violent to it, you know, really resistant to it. And it isn't ready to hear it. Don't waste it on, on, on the end at that, at that time, you know, and, uh, don't try to push too far onto it. Like if they're not going to appreciate it, you know, then let it go, um, and and move on. A, a comment, a, an example of something like that within within the Gospels would be whenever he sends out the disciples. I think that this is in Luke. Um, he sends out his disciples and he tells them, "Hey, if you go to a town and they accept you, awesome. And if they don't, though, shake the shake the dust off your feet and move on and go on to the next place." And he and he says like, "Hey, it's going to be worse for them than, you know, than Sodom, you know, type thing uh, that they didn't receive you." Um, and so um, it's just it's about using discernment, you know, in situations. You know, I, I was just thinking it's also kind of to tie because this is with that judgment piece. It, it is kind of making me feel too like, you know, if you're addressing something with your brother. And they respond in a way of like, you know, back off, leave me alone, like, yeah. you know, <clears throat> maybe violently or whatever. You leave it alone. Just leave it alone for a bit. Yeah. You know, like maybe it's just not the right, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean you never talk about it ever again, but maybe it's just like, you know what? We're Let's gonna... let this cool for a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, and it's a, it's about discernment in yeah. a situation and yeah. saying like, <laughs> stop throwing things to things that won't appreciate it. Yeah. And so... Let it, let it go, yeah. you know? And so I, I think that's kind of what the, I think that's what it means. Um, but I, I will say that most commentators just seem like, Hey, it doesn't seem like it fits anywhere. Just, you know, exactly with the, with this or with the section after it. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's, but that's generally the, what I have heard, you know, what I have read on this section of yeah. you know, just about using discernment in situations. I'm saying, how do we address, you know, people that aren't ready to hear Hey, you're not doing what's right, you yeah. know. Well, and I mean, and if you keep pushing those buttons and pushing those buttons, even with a pure heart, you know, and like the best intentions and everything, you you are gonna, you know, this like idea of trampling you and tearing you to pieces. Like, mm-hmm. I think even just within yourself, you're gonna cause your own turmoil. With like how we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, how certain things just cause you a lot of certain things that you do or yeah. say that you lose sleep over kind of like overanalyzing where you just feel like you've said something wrong. Yeah. It's kind of 
I don't know, kind of how I see that too. Yeah. So there you go. Um, that's that section. Uh, we'll move on uh, to verse 7. He says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you that if his son came to him and asked for bread, you would give him a stone? Or also, if he if he will ask for a fish, will give him a snake? Therefore, if you, although you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven Give good things to those who ask him. Therefore, in all things, whatever you want that people should do to you, thus also you do to them. For this is the law and the prophets. So this is a um, another like commonly known. Yeah. Uh, that we even sing a song with verse seven in particular, um, and you know it's. I think if you just read it on the surface, it's just like really beautiful and like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for me, when I, when I read this now, um, I think of a time when I have prayed like I have never prayed and things did not turn out the way I had hoped. Yeah. And, um, like just to, I mean, it's a day before mother's day as we're recording this and, I, so I'm thinking back to this um, this time when uh, we have a family member who um, her her baby was born very prematurely, mm-hmm. like twenty something weeks, mm-hmm. and was in the NICU for I don't probably five months. I mean, it was a, it was a while. Yeah, it seemed like so long that it was like surely you know. Yeah, it's you, gonna like it's gonna actually. Yeah. She was going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And so at this time, uh, Caleb was just a baby. And so um, I would nurse him every night um, before bed. And every night while I nursed him, I would be sitting there praying for mm-hmm. this person and um, and her baby and that her baby would, would live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I prayed this prayer. I have never... You know how sometimes... Unfortunately, we say to people, I'll pray for you and we forget. Yeah. <laughs> it slips our mind um, or whatever. I had never prayed so intentionally for something. I, maybe my mom's cancer. Um, yeah. But there, I mean, like that was, that was it. I was praying about that every night and I had like a solid 30 minutes to just like reflect on it. Yeah. And her baby died. Yeah. And so when I go and I read, and that's that's one story. I know that there are so many, there are so many stories out there Yeah. where similar things have happened, where you have never prayed so hard for something. You've never asked for something more earnestly, more passionately, more like to the depths of your soul wanted something to happen. And you're sharing that with God. And then it doesn't. Yeah. And so I think that this verse can, on the surface, seem very like lighthearted. But to me now, it takes me to a much deeper place of like, is the door really going to be opened? Right. 
And, um, and I think that that's where I want to kind of address, I don't want to just gloss over this as like, yeah, you just, you know, bring it to God yeah, and, and leave it at that. Um, I want to address the, the hurt that happens when you feel like you have knocked and you've knocked and you've knocked and you've knocked and the door remained closed. Yeah. Yeah. And which is like absolutely something that we have to address. And because this can be taken uh, out of the context of Matthew uh, to, to be that way of like, Hey, look, you know, if you don't get something, it's just because you didn't pray hard enough, you know, or you just didn't have enough faith. You know, you didn't have enough faith for God to do something, which is ridiculous. Um, Like that's just not, that's not the way God works. And that's not the way that the scriptures talk about it. And so if you've ever heard that, like, find somebody else to learn from. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but you know, so, I mean, first and foremost, we have to, so if if you've read the Gospel of Matthew before, um, if the question is, is like, or, or if somebody's telling you that, look, this is just saying that everything that you want, you know, if you go ask for it, it's going to be given to you, even things that seem like they should be good. Mm-hmm. Um is that really what Matthew's opinion of the situation is? And within the context of Matthew as a whole in the book, we're going to find Jesus in Gethsemane at some point in mm-hmm. the, in this story. And for Matthew, he talks about how he three times Jesus goes and prays earnestly. Like he repeats the same prayer to God of like, if, if there's any way for this cup to pass from me, mm-hmm. please let this happen. You know, let me, let this, let this pass for me, please. Um, and this isn't just some like, you know, he, he, he's not, it's not like, well, I know I have to do it. And, you know, and like, I know that what the answer is and things mm-hmm. like that. I, I mean, it's like an earnest prayer of like, please let this, don't let it go. That You know, like, does it really have to go this way? Um, and, and ultimately the answer is yes. And so like for even for Jesus, you know, the door seems to be closed on that. Um, and that God's answer isn't necessarily what he's praying for, that the cup passed from him. Um, and he submits himself to the Father's will. Um, and it, it's also his will as well because it's the Father's will. Mm-hmm. And so um, we'll cover that at, at length when we get there. But I just, I just want to say within this story, you're going to see the person that's saying these words is going to experience a time where he... Um, where he prays and, you know, it's not necessarily just the wants of his heart that he receives. Um, it, it's often, it, it's a difficult thing that he has to pass through that is the answer. Um, and so um, where a situation like with, um, you know, with, with my cousin um, where she, she loses her child. I mean, that's not, that's not a, <laughs> that's not a path that any of us wanted to go down and certainly didn't, you know, didn't want that for her. And I know that she did not want that, you know, and, um, and, um, but that's not because you know, you lacked faith or anything like that. That's not because, so it, it's, um, it, this shouldn't be extracted. I don't think to just go apply to a situation like that. Um, this is about reorienting, just like other stuff that's been in this, is reorienting how you view God and what his relationship is to you. Um, 
And, and that is primarily, first and foremost, as your father. And so um, it's, it's about reorienting that, not saying like, hey, here's a, new, here's a teaching about how you can get whatever you want. Yeah, because you can and, also, some people will take this and basically use it as like, um, God is your genie. Right. Yeah. And, and God's not your genie. Yeah. And he, he's not, he's not here to, um, you know, it's what you wish. It's yours to dish, you know, <laughs> which is uh, part of the song from genie. Uh, from I, I, Aladdin. From Aladdin. <laughs> from genie. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, well, but it, it's genie's line. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, so that yeah, that's not really the way that it's meant to be used. Again, it's at reorienting our heart towards God and how we how we view Him. Um, and so, um, you know, with this, uh, just like before, he gives an explanation, kind of a story about what he means, or an, an illustration of like what what do I mean when, when I say this? Because well, first off, uh, he says, "Ask and it will be given to you; seek and you will find." We've already talked about seeking something before. Like, what is what is our heart supposed to be seeking for? You know, and that was in, in Matthew six thirty three within the context of this of this uh, sermon, right? Um, and he says, "But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you." This is what we talked. Like, look, our mm-hmm. hearts should be oriented towards the kingdom and whatever it is that God wills, you know, towards that kingdom. So this again addressed to the disciples and what they're seeking. Yeah. Which should be the kingdom. So the things that we're seeking for the kingdom, you know, he, this is what he's he's this is what he's addressing. You know, what our hearts are supposed to be supposed to be asking for, and um, you know, and and seeking and you know, doors that we're supposed to be knocking on type thing. Um, it's not just saying like anything a la carte. Go find what you want, and yeah. then tell me, and I'll give it to you. Um, and so it, that's kind of where it starts, and then the illustration for it of like what does he you know so what am I trying to work out with you is that, look, you know, if you were to go to your, if your son was to come to you and ask you for bread, it would be ridiculous. You wouldn't give him a stone, you know, like you, this is something that your son needs, you know? And so you're going to give your son what he needs. Um, and then just the same of a fish uh, with a snake. And so these things are things that kind of look the same, but aren't the same at all in any way. Um, one's actually dangerous. The other is like useless. Um, and also stone to bread reminds me of something. Um, reminds me of the wilderness. Uh, Jesus has said, Hey, if you're, you know, uh, Satan says to him, Hey, if you're really the son of God, why don't you turn these stones to bread? Um, and, uh, so there, there's another point where he's not exactly getting everything that he, he wants, you know, necessarily. Um, but this is about a orientation of a, of a need. You know, and also just of a, a fatherly figure, and just you know, today, I mean, every single day I get requests of things that our children want. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I really want this uh, candy. This morning. I don't know. They express them as needs. I know, um, I, but yes, it's it's pretty much it, hourly. Maybe yeah, so half hourly. So within my relationship with my children, I know that there's things that I don't always give them. Mm-hmm. And it's for their good, but the things that you know, like I, I also use discernment of like there are things that they don't necessarily need, but I want them to have, you know, and it's for their good. But if it was going to be bad for them, I'm not going to give that to them because I'm, you know, at least somewhat of a decent father. I hope. 
So this is this is how R.T. France uh, summarizes kind of this whole section. Um, and he, he says, The antidote to worry is a robust confidence in God's willingness to give his people all that they need. Uh, previously, in uh, the previous chapter, he says, The focus was explicitly on need rather than desire, uh, in, in verse 25 through 34, I think, of chapter 6. Uh, and here, the son's requests are for basic food, not for luxuries. It is therefore perhaps wise to read uh, the unqualified offer of verses 7 through 8 against the background, uh, which is the good things which God will surely give to uh, do not necessarily include everything that his children might like to have. The, the carte blanche, I think that's how you say it, uh, approach to petitionary prayer does not find support from the New Testament as a whole. It is God as the Father in heaven who knows what is good for his children, and as with uh, a human parent, his generosity may not always coincide with his child's wishes. And this is something that we experience all the time, mm -hmm. that our children's wishes don't, don't always coincide with what we consider to be good for them. Um, he says, but for all the, the necessary caution, there is an openness about verses 7 through 8, which invite not merely a resigned acceptance of what, what he or what the Father gives, but a willingness to explore the extent of his generosity, secure in knowledge that only what is good will be given, so that mistakes in prayer through human short-sightedness will not rebound on those praying. There is fortunately nothing uh, uh, nothing inevitable or mechanical about God's answers to his people's request. Perhaps we should note too that even in this gospel, there uh, are in fact circumstances when the door will not be opened to someone who knocks, just like there are prayers which will not be answered. The childlike confidence of verses seven through eight is the, is the prerogative only of disciples who, as uh, verses 9 through 11 illustrate, have a true relationship with their Father in heaven. And so it, it's not about just saying, blanket, don't ask anything because he knows what's coming. <laughs> you know, he yeah. knows what you need. It's an invitation to this father-child relationship and saying, yeah, like, I'm going to come to you and ask, you know, tell you what I want. You know, tell me, tell you what's on my heart, but there's a confidence in that, like, if it's bad for me, I know that you're not going to give it to me, you know, that if it's going to be bad for me, mm -hmm. you know, and so he's only going to give give, give us what is, what is good. And so, um, again, I think the whole section is really just orienting around what does it mean for God to be our father? Um, and how do we, how do we approach him, um, in that way? Yeah. So I do like how, yeah, even though we've talked about how, yeah, God's not a genie. Mm-hmm that there is this aspect of it of just saying things, you know, praying to God, even though he knows our hearts. Right. Um, because it's kind of, I think about our kids and how I do know, I know what Caleb likes. Yeah. I know what Sadie likes. I know what they don't like. I know Caleb is really likes Spider-Man and Mario and Luigi. And I know that he likes Luigi because he prefers green over red. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's these little things about them that I know, but there is also this aspect of um, furthering our relationship when they tell me about those things. Yeah. And tell me what they care about. Yeah. Tell me, and also, yeah, tell me what they desire and tell me what, 
um, you know, you know what they care about, what they love or what they, what they don't like. And, you know, we, we want to invite them into that, into that conversation with us. It's so that we, I mean, then we come to know each other more, Yeah, you know? and, and it, yeah, that's not just about wants either. It's also about their desire. Like, the, I mean, their um, like their loves or mm-hmm. their, you know, their dislikes. And, um, and so it's more than just like material things is what I, I guess I'm trying to get at with that, with that father child or mother child relationship. Um, that, yeah, of course, like there are certain things that we know that they want and yeah. there's certain things that we know that they need. And like, and we're going to provide those, you know, like we're, you know, we're going to provide what's good for them either way, but we want to invite them into that conversation and relationship with them. And so, yeah. So I, I think, I think that's kind of what that's getting at here and maybe how we should rethink how we apply, apply this. If you kind of heard it as that, um, that blank sheet, you know, or blank check type, um, mentality associated with this type of prayer, you mm-hmm. know, where it's just like, Oh, just ask for whatever you want. God's going to give it to you if you have enough faith, you know? Right. And that, that's just not the way that it, it's a father child relationship. Um, and, and that's the way that the, I mean, that's the way that the prayer previously talked about, it, you know, the, the, um, give us this day our daily bread, yeah. you know? Well, uh, and just the orientation of the father and our father who is in yeah. heaven, which is how it begins, you know? Um, and so it's about that orientation and understanding of who, who God is relative to us and that he's not just the, some distant off old man that set the clock, you know, that, that just got the world running and has kind of let it run. It's of a father. Um, and that, that's, that's important to, to prayer. Um, so the last part of this, this is also like, this is, this is another really well, like we've kind of hit three really well known sections of the Sermon on the Mount or of the Bible, uh, of it, you know, entirety, uh, three really well known ones. Um, and so this, this last section of, of verse 12, therefore in all things, whatever you want that people should do to you, thus do them for this is the law and the prophets. And actually that last part, I don't ever hear whenever I hear that, <laughs> Uh, that phrase. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this is what we commonly call the golden rule, which is uh, really has apparently a very fascinating story of that. It really is a, a, a was started with this uh, unbelieving, I, I think um, emperor, I think is what it was, um, who really liked this teaching of Jesus and saw its wisdom. And he had it like imprinted in gold on his wall, you know, and then it kind of went into legend type thing of, you know, what, where that came from or, what, you know, how that developed into what was called the golden, golden. rule. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, here in, in the Bible, it's never called the golden rule. Uh, this is, but this is um, certainly uh, within its context, this is the way that Jesus summarizes the law and the prophets. He's, he even goes as far as to say, this is the law and the prophets. Uh, that in all things, whatever you want or whatever you would, you would want people to do to you, thus you do to them. Um, and so, uh, I guess what, what are your thoughts on, on this, on this teaching? Well, I mean, reading it at a deeper level (laughs) is kind of, kind of changes, uh, things a little bit, but obviously, you know, when I see like for this sums up the law and the prophets, obviously that, that kind of takes me back to like, love God and love your neighbor. Yeah. Um, and, and what was established, um, before in Exodus, Mm -hmm. um, of just, you know, and it really kind of, it, 
it kind of sums up a lot of what we've read up to this point of, you know, um, pursuing righteousness and, and lifting others, like being that peacemaker of, uh, from others to God and to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's what we should be desiring for each other. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, just as before in, in five seventeen, where he says that he's not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And also he talks about the law and the prophets there as well. Uh, you know, he's this, he's offering this as a summary of the entire spirit of the law, of mm-hmm. what, what it was, what it was trying to get across and, uh, rather than actual words of the law. So later he's going to do the two, like what you're talking about, whenever he's asked, what are the greatest commands? And then he'll quote, uh, yeah. he'll quote that, you know, the love of the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Right. Um, that these are the two greatest commands. Those are direct quotations from the, from the old Testament, from, from the Torah. Um, and, uh, but here he's offering, offering up a summarization. That's not a direct quotation saying all of this is, is, is the law and the prophets. Um, so he's saying like the law and the prophets is within my teach, you know, like this is, you know, it's not a, this isn't a new thing. This is actually, I'm summarizing all of it by, t- by, you know, in this one line. Um, you know, it, it's a principle. This is R.T. France. He says uh, it's a principle so all-embracing that he can declare not so much that it is the greatest commandment that it actually is the law and the prophets. So, anyways, that's something we don't often get that. Now, uh, just as before, when we talked about the whole "don't judge others," I think that this is another thing that those outside the the Jesus-following community will use to say like, well, you do you and I'll do me, you know, because it's like, oh, whatever you would have done to you, do to others. Um, and so there's a, there's a specific orientation to that of like, well, okay, so let's say that I'm, you know, I'm living, I mean, let's take it to an extreme. Um, let's say I'm a drug addict, you know? Well, I, I would like to have done unto me uh, that somebody would give me the drugs that I desire. And so therefore I'm going to give other people drugs. You know, it's like, so there's a point in which this breaks down uh, and in because it's taken outside of its context and just applied willy nilly to everyone like an emperor, <laughs> yeah. like an emperor is like, oh yeah, I'll do under others as, as I would have them do. You know, I'll do yeah. others as I was had, have done into myself. And, and to some point it may, you know, like it works for everybody for, for anger or for, you know, like nobody wants you to murder them. You know, like you don't want anybody to murder you, so don't murder anybody. So it works to that level, but it doesn't work to a level of like, well, what if what if I'm accepting of some some sin, something that's that's keeping me separated from God, yeah. that's not within the when within the way within His righteousness. If that's something that I'm accepting of, um, then I'm going to accept it in others, and that doesn't that that doesn't mesh with everything that Jesus has said so far. So. It, it, this is where I want to go with this is like, look, th- this quote golden rule, this is really only workable and act you know, in, and true. It is only the law and the prophets. If it's, if it's funneled through the disciple who, who emulates the beatitudes that they seek righteousness, that they're humble, that they, they're pure in heart. They're, um, you know, but they're, you know, also peacemakers, you know, like all it's filtered through that disciple that he's already said, this is what it looks like for, for us to be, for you to be in the kingdom. This is who we're going to be. This is what, this is how we're going to operate. So, um, and, and our orientation is for the seeking of the kingdom. So, 
um, what, so he's addressing the disciples. He's not addressing everybody. And so, you know, where there are instances where this is like, okay, to, to extend to everybody, um, for it to really be the fulfillment or the, the, for it to be the law and the prophets, it has to be within the discipleship community who is subjected to, or who has submitted themselves to Jesus's teachings. Um, and that for those people, whatever you would have somebody else do. So, so now let's work that out. Okay. So somebody that has, um, you know, so let's say that I, I am a disciple who seeks righteousness. Um, if I'm doing something wrong, if I'm doing something that's against God, I would want somebody else to come and address that with me, to me. Yeah. Because I'm desiring to seek, seek righteousness. So I want that, I and mean, I invite that on myself, as well as I want to do that to others for their benefit. Yeah. But I do it through humility, as we talked about before. So all yeah. these things work together, and they can't be taken just on their own, you know, by themselves. Um, and, and so... Um, I should be desiring that somebody approaches me with that because I seek because I'm I'm a disciple seeking righteousness and that I, that I I desire to be in alignment with who God you know who God says I should be. Um, and so inviting that and also saying, hey, I would want somebody to approach me with humility when they're doing that. So whenever I approach somebody else, I'm going to approach them with humility. I'm going to treat them in that where I want to. I want to be corrected, so I'll correct someone else, but I also don't want to be corrected in a way that is uh, lording over mm-hmm. and showing arrogance, and so therefore I shouldn't be that way. And so yeah. I, it's all filtered through uh, the scriptures, filtered through um, the way that um, the way that Jesus has told you know he's he's already told us kind of how to approach those types of situations, and so um, anyways, I just I don't think it can just be. It, it, I think. Some people will probably have a problem with that, but it, I, I, you just can't apply it to people that aren't submitted to Jesus. You can't because then they're going to do to other people. You know, you, I've already worked but, out. I've already worked out the the, the conflict with that. Yeah. But anyways, so that was kind of difficult for me to say. But like, just well, I, I mean, it. Is, I mean, it's kind of has my head spinning when I think about yeah. it. Um, but it, it is just one of those things where, yeah, we do have to. It's so hard. We talk about this all the time, how hard it is to take a verse and, and really allow the, the whole scope of the chapters before it and the chapters after it to mm-hmm. be in our mind at the same time as we're reading this one one verse and, and right. not letting it just like, you know, we yeah. make it whatever we want it to be. And especially, I, I think it, that this is a conclusionary statement. Yeah. Because it ends the way it began, so we began in five seventeen, you know, in chapter five of saying, "Hey, I've come to fulfill." You know, like I'm not here to get rid of the law and the prophets. Right. I'm here to bring it, bring it to its fulfillment. Um, and so then he expounds throughout the entire discourse on discipleship of how he's doing that, and then he closes with the same statement. And then we're gonna, you know, then he's the next section is gonna be about those who follow his word and who don't, who those who, you know, listen to everything he just said. And those who don't, who listen to everything he just said, uh, which we'll get into you next time. But, um, I think that this is his conclusion to his actual teaching of, you know, like, this is what it looks like to be in the, in the kingdom. Um, and 
So I see, I see that kind of bookended. And so I think it summarizes everything. He's basically said, look, this one statement summarizes everything I just said, but it doesn't mean you just throw away everything he just said and say, I'm just going to run with this one statement. You have to filter the statement through everything he just said. So yeah. Anyway, well, and yeah. just that's why I like studying this, just like really letting it like absorb into your mind. Like that's what's, that's the whole thing about studying scripture is like really letting it impact your heart and how you live and and not just taking this one verse and saying oh I'm gonna go be kind to people because I want them to be kind to me like that is a great thing right but there's just so much more involved with this than Mm -hmm. just this one line yeah yeah so there you go that's uh I we just went through three major teachings of Jesus that are well known and so hopefully we were able to bring um uh, maybe a different different look at it than you had before. Um, so just uh, before we close out, I just will say, you know, if you guys have any questions, you know, please please send us an email. Uh, our our email is growingdeeperpodcast at gmail dot com. Um, so uh, please send us an email. I would love to to get a question or two. Um, that that would be awesome, and also just let us know, you know, who you are and where you know, like where you're listening from type thing. I would just, it'd be a big encouragement to me. I know. Um, so, but I, I appreciate it if you've made, made it this far with us. Um, so with that, I guess we'll finish up and uh, next week we will finish uh, the sermon on the Mount.